Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today is here. We're going to talk about some potential 2020 fantasy football free agents and also do a deeper dive into tonight's Thursday night football game. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. It is Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza here on November the 21st, 2019, one week away from the Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully you and your family are going to get together, sit around the table, eat some turkey, and complain and bitch about it. No, I'm just kidding. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving and uh, enjoy your family. You only get to do it, some of you, once a year. Uh, I am Craig. He is Joe at Joe JoePizzaPia17 at Craig Mish. Sean Glostomachia producing our program today. Catch him this afternoon on Sports Grid TV at the betting window. And we actually will have some betting odds coming up on the Heisman Trophy and some props tonight in the Thursday night football game. But Joe, as you know, the NFL is celebrating its 100th birthday. And it's been really interesting to see some of the different programming and some of the different players that they're talking about being in the all-time list of the top 100. And so, you know, I, I go back a long way watching football and you know, never was really as into it as I was until fantasy came along, to be honest with you, 25, 30 years ago. I think my home league is on, uh, you know, getting close to 25 years here. Do it. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good 20, run. 22 years, I think something like that. Uh, but yeah, we've had guys come in and out, but it is a redraft league every every year. And, and fantasy sports gets just bigger and bigger and more people are playing. And and I think that it's fun to kind of take a look back at some of the greatest players and think that, wow, I had that guy on my fantasy team at one point. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, being sick yesterday. Finally, after, as Craig always alludes to, I did my 50th podcast of the day. I, I called it a day around uh, 530. And I said, that's it. I can't right. do any more. Did you, did, you did you go to the mall with your kiosk? Did you do your kiosk work at the mall? My key, I did not do my kiosk work at the mall and I did not work at the I thought you sold uh, uh, phone chargers at the mall. Uh, my, that's on Sunday after the, oh, after the okay. TV show. Right. After the TV show, I go and I sell uh, kiosk uh, phone charger. Well, you know, like the phone, you know, like the, the bedazzly ones, like the covers. Well, yeah. I love those. Save me Everybody more. loves those. Working at a kiosk has to be the worst job in the world, especially at a mall now where like hardly anybody's in the mall. Like I just you just basically sit there all day. That's got to be just the worst. But anyway, <laughs> so I was sick and I decided to binge the NFL 100 roundtables. They uh-huh. had, uh, you know, like group of like five or six guys. Sure. They had one for the offensive lineman who had Munoz and Jonathan Ogden on it. They had some of the defense. They had like, you know, uh, linebacking core one was great. They had LT. Uh, they had in that one with Harry Carson and um, Mike mm-hmm. Singletary and Ray Lewis. And it was it was wonderful to get a cross section of these guys together from different eras and talking about the players now and talking about, the you know, the game and their generation and who inspired who and all that stuff. It's really, really quality content. And I, I would love to see more of that. It was almost like a dinner for four kind of a thing. But, you know, they they kind of sit around there and, and talk. And um, I was curious as I'm watching all these things and going through that. There was a lot of memories that got drugged up from the 80s for me sure. of the players that I saw. And as a kid, as a five, six, seven year old kid, your first reactions to certain players in football, because I think everybody has those. And 
I'm curious. I know what mine were. I'll share them after, but I was curious what yours were too. Do you have those, those players or certain guys out there, you know, whether it be the running back, the quarterback, or even defensive player that you saw and you remember kind of capturing your attention as a kid. And I'm sure there's more than one. So I'm curious who those names were for you. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I played fan. Believe it or not, I played fantasy in the early '80s. My first I, my first experience with that we can talk about. But my my first recollection of watching football was watching the Raiders Seahawks Super Bowl. That's my first Super Bowl that I remember watching. And then there was a commercial. I believe it was on TV at the time for Electric Football, and I was a massive Electric Football fan. And I don't sure. know, Joe, if you ever. No, I didn't have is. it, but I remembered it. Yeah, yeah, it was an archaic game that seemed that was so much fun to play, but it was it was these these green bases that you'd have with these players that were like hand painted, and you would basically line them up, turn the on button on the electric football device, and it would just vibrate. And based on the vibration, and you could set your little dial under the green base, the players would run in a certain way, and so. I love the Raiders and from that point, um, you know, collected football cards and and was just a huge Raider fan for a long period of time. Now, the problem with the electric football was that even though I had so many of the teams, they actually those actually went up in value uh, significantly, just the uh, historic ones. And I had the Raiders. I had the Dolphins. I had the Bills. The Cowboys, I think, came with the game. If I'm not mistaken, the Steelers came with the game. The great part of electric football when I would play, my friends had it, too was it was great to run the ball because you basically would like like decide if you wanted to run or pass. So you'd stop it and then decide. Mm-hmm. But there was no throwing the ball. That was the problem. There was no passing the ball in electric football. Like you couldn't do it. It was just like the football was tiny. They had like this fake quarterback where you'd sling his arm back and throw it. But the accuracy was zero. Like you would never be able to throw the ball. But that, that those are my first football memories. And so from a player's perspective, Joe, it was everybody on those uh, 80s Raiders teams, like mm-hmm. their defense of Lester Hayes, Cliff Branch. You're talking like Plunkett. the Raiders Redskins, like that kind of like 84. That's even Super before Bowl. that, even before that. But yes, I the, remember the Seahawks making the Super Bowl back then. You said Seahawks. I don't remember that. The, I don't think Steve Large never played in the Super Bowl. I thought Raiders Seahawks. Yeah. Wow. What year? What? Which Super Bowl was that? Because I Googled it. 80, 81. Oh, wow. I, I don't I don't even remember that. I, I have no recollection of that. That was what, like Dave Craig era. No, I think before that, even Jim Zorn, maybe. Oh, my gosh. Jim Zorn. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Uh, For me, you know, the guy that really popped for me as a kid, there was a couple. First was I remember seeing Walter Payton run. This was like probably in the mid 80s, you know, probably like 84, 85 when I was really starting to watch football. And I just remember him then throwing a pass. And I remember thinking I'd never seen that before. <laughs> you know, like a running back, he, he got the ball, he rolled over there, he, he ran out to the outside and he stopped and he threw a beautiful touchdown pass. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I didn't realize you could do that in football because I'm a stupid kid. I have no idea what's going on there. And um, that was an incredible thing to watch. And I just remember being taken with him and just like, he, he seemed like he was playing in a different game than everybody else. And then I remember Ronnie Lott. I remember Ronnie Lott hitting people and people being afraid to go over the middle of Ronnie Lott. And I remember the sound of Ronnie Lott hit somebody. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, that must really hurt. <laughs> like I can't imagine what that it just like this giant pop sound every time that guy seemed to hit somebody. And he had that stare. And Mike Singletary had that thing, too, that, you know, I grew up in the you know mid 80s there as a kid. So, I, you know, the Bears and 49ers were pretty much as, as good as it got. And then I grew up in the New York area. So LT was like a god, you know, and, and I remember him doing things that I just was like, just everybody couldn't believe it. And I, I often wonder, too, some of the, you know, had football been as huge as it is now back then 
in terms of the reach and social media and all these things no, like baseball that. Baseball was the primary sport. Baseball was the primary in the 80s. And I wonder like how big these these guys would be in terms of legend now. I mean, it's they true. are now. Yeah. They're folk legends as it is. But my goodness. And and playing in an era was just much, much harder to play in terms of the physicality of the game, too. Yeah, yeah. Not nearly not nearly what it was then, for sure. But yes, had great memories. Always had a Super Bowl party every year at my, my friend's house. So uh, I, w- I would say since 1980-81, I've watched football more or less every year. And my first fantasy football league was in 1981 as well. Wow! Uh, yeah, a team, a team. Uh, what happened was they had a draft. I wasn't there, and then I got to. I think did I mention this on the show? No. And then I got to pick from the players that were left over, and I actually fared pretty well. Like I wasn't my team. It was only a ten dollar league. My team, but ten dollars was like fifty then. My team <laughs> wasn't good at all. But I had like Neil Lomax and James Wilder, and it was you know it was. Seahawks have only been in three Super Bowls: 05, 13, and fourteen. No, so I don't know. I you're, think maybe you're thinking the AFC uh, uh, NFC Championship game or something. AFC Championship game, maybe. All Could right, be. Joe. Here we go. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I'm on the Super Bowl thing. That's why I didn't remember this. So, so who the who the Raiders play then in the Super Bowl? I thought it was the Redskins. That may have been the Redskins. Maybe so that's Redskins. why. Why did I think it was Seattle? I don't know, I don't know. but I remember Jim Zorn. I just remember I thought that I had seen that. They in '81 it was the Raiders and Eagles. Is that what that's what it of? was? I'm sorry. That's okay. Yes, that's what that's it was. Okay. It was the Eagles. So is that like Ron Jaworski era yes. Eagles? Yes, it was the yes. Eagles. Why did I think it was the Seahawks? That's all right. That's all right. So, well, Ron, you know, Ron Jaworski was pretty good back then. I just, I just, I don't have a recollection of. I, you know, how I know this is a stupid thing. When I was a kid, I had a tape of the best, the you know, the the history of the Super Bowl, and I used to watch it. So I remember every single one, and it went all the way up until like 1989, I think. Or something like that, and I just don't ever remember seeing the Seahawks. That's why I questioned it. So that's I, I, could have, well, I, I, I still no, I still think it was the Seahawks, even though it's not. Well, I think All they right. played them in the in the playoffs. They they were a good team around then, so maybe that's what you remember. I don't the playoff know. game or something. Well, there you go. Great show. All right, we'll take a quick time out <laughs> here on Fantasy Sports today. We'll look ahead at some NFL free agents coming up next. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We got full-time fantasy coming your way in less than 45 minutes from now. Stay tuned. Dr. Roto is going to carry you through your midday afternoon and, of course, get you ready for Thursday night football as well. And this time of the year, Joe, for a lot of us in Dynasty Leagues, we're looking ahead to our own free agency. I know I am. I'm getting some trade offers for, for some picks and throwaway players. And so this Dynasty stuff just never stops in football. But in the NFL, pretty soon we're going to be looking at free agency just like we are in Major League Baseball. We're about a month away from the season being over for half the league in the NFL, too. What do you think the free agent crop looks like in 2020? Well, that's why I want to kind of do a fun little look ahead to. I also have up here uh, the the teams that have cap room in 2020 coming up that they're going to have a lot of money to spend. And it's funny because you look at it and the first 
four names on this list are big time veteran quarterbacks. Now, one of them is Tom Brady, which I think we can all agree is probably not going anywhere. He's going to play till he's 110 years old. It doesn't matter. Do you think there's any way Tom Brady walks away this year? No, I, pr- I would guess no, but I'm going to guess no, too. I, I, would guess I don't think no. he leaves them in a lurch like that either. Uh, Drew Brees is 41. He's also in the last year of his deal. I now, no. I can see Brees walking away, but he's also playing rather well, I would say. So I don't think he's walking away. No. OK, and then you've got Eli Manning, who's next in terms he's of done. like he's yeah. done. Now, I guess that was my question. Do you think it's Eli would ever say, hey, I got football left. I'm going to go somewhere else. No, done. he's just going to walk away. Yeah. All yeah. right. Next one on this list of the quarterbacks, Philip Rivers. They'll bring him back on a one-year deal and bring somebody else in and draft somebody. Do you think that Philip Rivers will get more than a one-year deal for someone else? No. And go there. No. You don't think so? No. Okay. Fair enough there. Von Miller, big-time NFL free agent, potentially. Used to, be. Used to be. Well, he's 31 years old. The question not, is, I guess. What's he done? What's he done this year? It's not been a great year for he's him. Going off his name, man. He hasn't done anything. Well, I guess here's the question is, do you? we've seen players have bounce backs in their 30s, too. We've seen players who we thought we're kind of done, kind of have renaissances. Do you think he's the guy that can do that? No. Really? I, Why I is think, that? You I think he'll really go somewhere step? else and he'll get a two-year deal from someone, but he has not looked great. He is simply, at this point, only a pass rusher and only comes into the game in pass rushing situations. They don't even use him on a lot of downs anymore. Uh, you know, a, a great player once upon a time, a great player no longer. He'll end up finishing off his career on a two-year deal with some other team that overpays for him. He'll only play one of the two years, and that'll be the end. All right. Well, there's five teams here that have cap space, a considerable amount of cap space next year. Now, granted, one of them is the Cowboys, but they have a lot of money to lock up Dak Prescott. They have to figure that situation out. Obviously, that's coming up pretty soon. The Buffalo Bills, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Colts and the Dolphins. Do you think any of those teams would get into the Von Miller race for the name recognition of Von Miller or for the specialization of, hey, you know, you can still rush the passer. If you can still rush the passer, you could play for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think that some team will take a shot on him. Um, Arizona Cardinals, another one too. Yeah, that, that that would be a decent, a decent shot there. I would say, yeah, they have a lot of cap room there. Arizona Cardinals certainly could use somebody to get to the quarterback at least a little bit too, especially as Patrick Peterson continues to age. AJ Green is next. Yeah, how about so, this? By the, by the way, let me go back to um, oh sure, the, the Von Miller. Mm-hmm. So Von Miller's been in the league uh, for let's see since 2012. Well, night, yeah. Is, am I wrong? I'm sorry, am I wrong on that? Something time? like that. Yeah, nine years or something. Uh, yeah. 2011. Okay. Let me give you his hits on the quarterback, which which is a pretty good pretty good indication, right, for what he does. Uh, 29, 25 in an injured season, 10, 27, mm-hmm. MVP at 32, 24, 23, 26, 11 this year. Okay. So he's uh, do you think that has anything to do with the new coach and a new no, defensive scheme? Yeah, like Von Miller is, is good. He's going to sign somewhere 100%. He's going to get paid 100%, but this is the kind of deal where some team takes a shot, they overpay, he plays that first year with guaranteed money, and then is a nomad, plays with somebody else. Uh, I wouldn't put him in the Indomitian Sioux category necessarily, Joe, because he, they play a different position, and defensive tackles can play until they're 100, but that that's what this kind of feels like. You know, Sue played all those years with Detroit, and then he goes to Miami, and now he goes to the Rams, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 we're toward the end of Von Miller's great career, by the way. AJ Green, obviously we've talked a lot about him. If you had to guess where does AJ Green end up? I just gave you some of those teams that have a lot of money to spend. Give it to me again. Obviously. Uh the Dolphins, Colts, right. Buccaneers, yeah. Bills, Cowboys, no, Cardinals, probably not. Uh Colts? Texans. Colts? Indy? Yeah, Indy feels right. That's a guess. <laughs> I'm guessing Indy feels right. I don't Seattle think- also has a lot of money. They have 72 million in cap. 
So. Yeah, I mean, you know, Seattle, aside from Lockett, could do that. Yeah, uh, Buffalo, if he would do. I mean, it's a choice for Green, you know? Here's so. here's an interesting one. That number nine team in cap space next year, the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they could they could do that. They could. Also, I think that would be a great they could also spot draft. They could also draft a guy, you know, that's they could. That's but they did. You know, if you add him, Williams, Renfro, and then you've got that tight sure. end there with Darren Waller and Jacobs, mm-hmm. man, that's all of a sudden a pretty darn good offense. If you can get AJ Green on the field for 16 games. Absolutely. Philadelphia is is clearly a team that's going to be. See, I keep telling I, I think that's the bad move for Philly. They can't keep going down this route of her. They the, they can take a shot on that in, in Oakland. The Raiders can take a shot on that because they could use a veteran presence, but they need somebody young and fast over there. That's what they, they need. Somebody yeah. who's going to come in and change the, the dynamic of that offense. I don't know if AJ Green is that guy because he's another guy that's had some injuries in the last couple of years that I think is What's worrisome and trouble. cap situation. Washington's cap situation, looking at that, uh, well, they have a lot of money tied up in Alex Smith. So depending on what happens there, they are, uh, my gosh, are they below league average even? Jeez. Yeah, they are. Know, that feels like a Washington signing, you know, AJ Green, like just paying some stupid money to him. That's that's what that feels like. I'm just guessing. I don't know why. Hold on a second. No, they are. Yeah, league, they're in 20. So they've got 41 million in cap. So they're like league average or so. Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, it depends if AJ Green's going for them. I don't know why he would go for the money. He should go to try to win. The guy's been around forever and not won. But the Raiders look. would make sense. What about Jadavion Clowney? What do you make of him? Oh, done. 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 Even though he had a good game he the other night against awful, uh, San Francisco. He has had an awful, awful season. More penalties than tackles or something? Awful. Do you think he's been one of the biggest busts you can remember on the defense? No, not at all. He, no, he play, he's, he's been hurt. He's uh, been hurt a ton. Yeah, he said, look, he's had a couple of okay years in Houston. Um, look, he Did he uh, live up to the billing of being where he was picked? No. But in terms of like massive, massive bust, no. Uh, horrible trade for Seattle. Absolutely right. horrible trade for Seattle this year. Is Larry Fitzgerald done? He is a free agent at the end of this year. I, I would have thought so last year. So what do I know? <laughs> well, I mean, he's not playing anywhere but Arizona. We know that. And if he does play with Arizona, it's it's I, I, I don't see a reason for him to play next year. But I can't speak to these guys, Joe. They have it in the, inside them that they don't want to stop. He clearly has a thing about playing that he he could have stopped two years ago. He continues to want to play. And now all of a sudden, Arizona's on the upswing. I like them a lot next year. I think Arizona's going to be much better next year. And maybe he wants to be part of that. I agree. I mean, you could you could make an argument that a whole, you know, he's had uh, more time here, Kyler Murray, to develop on the pro level than Lamar had last year. And look how good Lamar's doing. I don't want to compare them as the same guy. Their win total in the NFL. How many wins does Arizona have this year? I apologize for asking. Four, I think. They four. So let's say Arizona finishes with six wins this year, which seems about reasonable. Their win total next year is going to be seven. I'm going over that. I can understand that. Yeah, I'm going to go. I can understand that. I guess it also depends what you think of that division, too, if you really, you know. How I to, think the Rams are going to take a massive step back next year, like even worse than this year. I think it's going to go completely the other I way. I think they're at four wins. Maybe I'm wrong. Are they at I have no, a tie? three? I'm, a, I'm sorry. They have, yeah, yeah, they're, they're three with the tie. That's what it is. Their, their I, win I total will wacky. be seven, and I will I will happily bet the over on that. I think year. that's fair. I think that's a pretty good assessment. And I don't think Daniel Sanders. Team, but yeah. No, I don't either. But well, you also have to take in, in account the division too. Seattle's still there. You know, Russell Wilson's still there. Yeah, sure. San Absolutely. Francisco very good. So Emmanuel yep. Sanders, he's a free agent at the end of this year. He's going to be thirty three years old. Uh, have you? And no, you know, it's it's difficult. He was injured coming into this year. Got traded. Looked really good right out of the gate with the 49ers. And now, you know, now he's kind of banged up again. So yeah, it feels one like year he's deal. Down. One year deal. Yeah, yeah. For for some team, uh, New England feels like a good spot. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And it's funny, there's a ton of defensive players here from very good ones, too. Devin McCourty is uh, is yeah, a free agent, too. A uh, yeah. 
Chris Harris is a free agent. Wow. No, he'll get paid too. Yeah. Dante Fowler is a free agent. Marcel Darius is a free agent. So there's a lot of guys. This is going to be a very, you know, last year was actually a really fun NFL offseason because there was a ton of offensive pieces that moved that were very fantasy relevant. And I don't ever remember that many fantasy relevant guys like big time Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham Jr. type names moving to different teams. Sure. It was wacky. It doesn't look like this year is setting up for that. Now, there could be some trades and that might the change The draft things. is going to be massive. That's the, the draft is going to be massive, especially for offense, it seems like. And yeah, on top of that, it seems like it's a free agent frenzy for defense this year because some yeah, of these names over that here. That doesn't excite me. Well, you know, they excite some people who like the IDP and excite some of those things here. Teddy Bridgewater, another guy, too, that uh, I we all feel like he's going to have a job. You know, I think he, I, I think I think he will. It's up to him over that span. Yeah, it's up to him. Well, I mean, it's up to him if he wants to. He's 28 years old. I, I mean, I can understand you. You want to maybe you want to take over the reins someday with Drew Brees. But how many years are you going to wait for Drew Brees to step away? Everyone seems to think he's going to be with the Bucks next year. Really? Does he have a big enough arm for the Bruce Arians offense? Everyone seems to think that that's where he's going to go. Florida guy stays in Florida, goes to Tampa. That's what people are. Well, I'll tell you what. I hope he does. That would be nice for him. But I just don't think he's got the arm for what Bruce Arians wants to do. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you think you know, he has the arm for that offense? Not, not some not like personal interest or anything like that. I can, tell you, I can tell you that the 2020 version of Teddy Bridgewater is going to end up being better than the last three years of Carson Palmer. No matter how big his arm was in Arizona, so fair enough. Yeah. Okay, you know, fair enough. There, so there you go. Lock it up, Craig Mish prediction. I, I mean, that, that, I mean, it just Tampa seems. And he lives here in, in South Florida, Bridgewater. But look, we'll see. I mean, these things change so much. I don't have nearly a bead on the NFL free agency like I do baseball. It's a, a different thing for me. All right, coming up next, uh, we got some odds coming up here on the number one pick in the NFL draft. FanDuel released these this week. We'll dive into those next. Number one. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That is a free bet of up to $500. When you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid, point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open up your new account. Claim your free wager of up to $500 today. You must be in New Jersey to take advantage of this offer. See website for details. 21 years or older. You got to be 21, folks. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's uh, check in in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We're actually going to do that for two segments on our show today. We'll do it now, and then we'll have a preview of the Thursday night game. Don't forget, coming up in less than 30 from now, Dr. Roto takes over with full-time fantasy. All right, so the first pick in the draft, Joe, The uh, there, there aren't, really a lot of great options here because we've gotten to the point in the season where college football has games this week. They have games next week. uh, And then we're talking about some championship games going on. And then we have the bowl season now. So everybody understands 10, 15, 20 years ago, players took the bowl games very seriously. Players played in the bowl games. They then went to the senior bowl and then they went to the NFL draft. 
Now what players do is they don't take the end of the season very seriously. They don't play in the bowl games. They sometimes skip the senior bowl and they go to the combine instead and they just work out. They look really good in shorts, Joe. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're a first round pick in the NFL draft. I think that sucks. I've never understood it. And I think more of the failures that we've seen come out of the NFL are because of these combine babies, the guys that go there and they run really fast. They do a lot of great things. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson was an absolute star, led his team to a national championship in college and was an afterthought in the NFL draft. Uh, understood more with Lamar Jackson. He was a little bit of a hybrid, didn't win as much as, as Watson did, but that wasn't his fault. It was the defense's fault. But yet, the Heisman Trophy winner, Joe, in general, is going to be someone over the years, for the most part, that's going to be considered to be the number one overall pick in the draft. I think Joe Burrow is the Heisman. Uh, he is the heavy, heavy favorite for the Heisman. You'd have to risk $8 to win one. Let me say that again. You risk $8 to yeah. win one. So there, so I didn't even put the Heisman in this discussion because there's just Steel you know, Burrow's the Heisman winner, and that's it. Number one overall pick in the draft, Burrow is even money. Chase Young is is very close, plus 175. Chase Young will be back this week. He was suspended for two games, and now that marquee game against Penn State is this week. Some people feel like he's going to really eat this week against uh, Penn State, knowing that this is coming. Uh, Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon, is basically 3-1 to one to be the number one pick. Andrew Thomas, who is clearly the best offensive lineman in the country from Georgia, their left tackle is 10 to 1. I don't think he's going to be the number one pick. Tua at 11 to 1, still on the outside now looking in, but who knows? Maybe he's healthy. Maybe he participates in the combine. Things change. And then Jake Fromm at 19 to 1, also with a chance, Joe, because you know what happens here. Let's say hypothetically, Georgia runs the table, wins the national championship. Fromm comes alive in the bowl game, uh, in the, the semifinal, in the final. Georgia's got a shot here to win. Then you know what happens. Then the helium is there, just like in fantasy drafts and reality drafts as well. Maybe, you know, from Burrow head to head from wins. How do you not take from over Burrow? Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. But just wanted to throw this out there. I don't know if you have any thoughts, but want to keep people updated on the odds. I don't see how from goes ahead of Burrow, even in that scenario. Personally, I don't. I've watched from play. I think he can be an NFL quarterback. I've watched Burrow play. That's the number one guy. Uh, I'm sorry. And um, two was very good, too. But obviously, the injury is now really throwing a wrench in there. I've watched Herbert play, too. And everyone knows I'm the quarterback guy like that. I do the quarterback profiles in the black book. I've I've read the Bill Walsh book. I've I've done all that stuff. And I've tried to really learn over the last couple of years about the position, understand what makes quarterback successful and not. And Burrow, to me, has all those those things, all those qualities you look for. And I, I don't see how he's not the number one here, especially with the two injury. Now, I think that's kind of buried that. So even if Fromm has a great run and George has a great run, I don't care. But Burrow would have to be hurt or have just an absolute fall apart in the big moments. And I, so far, it doesn't look like he's the kind of guy that falls apart in big moments. He's the opposite. He's the guy that steps up in those games. And, you know, it's, you, had a, you had a lot of opinions there that I agree with about the combine. I am not a combine guy. People watch it. They, they submerse themselves in it. And I don't get it at all. Give me the game film. I want to see these guys playing Pass football. Base, especially in the SEC. I mean, you oh, have, my I, mean let me, I mean, let me try and understand how if the best conference in football is the Southeastern Conference. Right. And historically, the SEC is winning the championship almost every year in college football, or at least right. two out of every th three right. years. The college football playoff has four teams. Two teams are almost always from the SEC. And you're telling me that the guys in shorts running up and down on an empty field, that's more important than what those guys did in that it's conference? Not. It's not. It's not. And I think that's a failure what happens, and it, and it gets translated into fantasy because people look at these, these raw data 40s and these things like that. Well, you know, what's he look like running in pads? What's he look like running with somebody chasing? Can he avoid tackles? Can does he have good vision of the field? You know, there's so many so many tangible things that don't come up in the combine just from watching drills. But I do understand, however, the guys who don't play in the games at the end of the year or call it a season uh, at bowl game season. Because why would they put their yeah, future course. of their families in jeopardy? 
and, and getting paid finally, really yeah. getting paid, not college getting paid, but actually getting paid. It's coming soon, Joe. That you're going to start to hear about players not playing in the last. Well, I mean, weeks. it happened last year. It oh, happened. it was insane. The amount of kids that didn't play in the bowl right. games was and, just and ridiculous. and I don't blame them. You've you've no, put in they their can't time. play. You can't do it. You can't risk that. Can't no, and that's what that's the thing. I wasn't sure where you stood on that. I know you don't oh, like it. But I don't mind them. By the way, uh, Haskins played in the bowl game. I, I don't mind them playing in it because they want to play with their teammates. Like I get it, but if they don't want to, I don't begrudge them for it either. Okay, good. Because I I don't think you can, and I don't think at this point when colleges are making millions and millions of dollars, unless they're in the playoff, then they got to play. Well, because these bowl games don't mean what they used to. Now that you have the college playoff, so the college playoff has to a certain degree, you know, when you're playing in the XYZ Bowl or whatever it is, it's eliminated the interest in those. Yeah. Except for betting. That's Except all for betting. It is. <laughs> and, and what it's done is really made the betting, I think, more difficult, right? Because when you have these players you take out of that you're used to seeing on those teams, uh, well, the you, variables you, become much greater. Well, you've you've you're finding out early on, though, like I, this isn't going into well, game day as early players. on, but you don't know what that impact is until you see who the backup running back is or who the backup quarterback is or somebody else. No, not really. It's it's not that tough. The, the only thing that's hard is the suspensions that happen when the kids are partying on the road at the bowl games. And then you find out about that, like the day or two before or they're academically ineligible because of failures during the season that does change a little bit. But last year, Houston sat like five of their kids against army. It was the biggest, uh, I think it was like 50 to seven or something like that. Uh, but we knew early on that, that Houston was going to be sitting guys. If you do enough research into it, you can get ahead of it. Uh, my last note on this is Herbert is the interesting one here because he was supposed to be the first overall pick like two or three years running. Uh, Herbert has had all five of his offensive linemen at Oregon the same for the last two years. So just keep that in mind when he goes to the NFL uh, as sophomores, as juniors and as seniors, the same five unbelievable offensive linemen at Oregon that have kept him upright. You know, that ain't going to happen in the NFL. So just something. who is your, you know, look, looking at the quarterbacks and watching as much college football as you do. Who are the guys? I mean, obviously, Burrow obviously would have been Tua. number one for me. But who are the other guys that you think are going have the real potential in your mind to be NFL quarterbacks? Like, what are those guys? Do you believe it's Herbert? Do you believe it's from? Do you think those guys are real? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would rank them Tua, Burrow, Herbert, Love, and then from Love is going to have a great combine. You're going to see. Okay. Uh, uh, from uh, Utah State. Uh, Jordan Love is going to be, he's going to completely, everything is going to change. His numbers are horrible, uh, but that's all going to change. And then the best of them all is, is Lawrence on uh, Clemson the following year. I know that he hasn't had a great statistical season or whatever. Wait till this playoff. There's a, okay, so let's get to this now. Okay, college football title. Oh, my gosh, Burrow's so good. Oh, Alabama, guess who the favorite is to win the championship? Clemson. Why? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Lawrence just doesn't have to do anything during the regular season, but this dude is going to come alive again. Well, he's played much better of late, too. Oh, yeah, they're beating teams. I think they have four straight wins of 40 points or more. Yeah, he started off a little sluggish this year. Maybe he was reading well, the press clippings or maybe whatever. Awesome. He is gonna he was, awesome. He's been tremendous over the last four weeks. And in the, the NFL? Look, I saw the stat line on the last four weeks on him, and it was, wow. He's you know? better than all these guys, too, in the NFL. He's going to be great. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, fields massive team. Some people feel Ohio State has the best metrics of any team left in college football, and people can't understand why LSU is not the favorite. Their defense is worse than Clemson's. Their defense is worse than Ohio State's. And if they get to the championship, they're going to have a problem winning if they don't get that fixed. Georgia is eight to one for good reason because Joe, they have that SEC game in the championship. They get they're going to get to play against LSU in two weeks, and so mm -hmm. if Georgia beats LSU, they are going to be in the Final Four. Alabama is 30 to one. Oklahoma is 30 to one. Utah is 30 to one. Oregon's 30 to one. I'll sort this one out for you pretty easily. Utah is going to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And so there's a chance that one of those two teams can get in. The only question is if Alabama doesn't lose the rest of the way, would they put a one loss Pac-12 championship game in ahead of Alabama? 
if indeed Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship game. So that's kind of what we're waiting for at this point. Of the Georgia, LSU, OSU, uh, Clemson teams remaining right now is like that cluster. In your opinion, who's the best coach of those four? I would say Clemson's by far. Okay. Yeah, Dabo Sweeney would be number one. Uh, would Kirby Smart be number two? I mean, Ed Orgeron, uh, the people don't really respect him as a coach, but he's a pretty good coach, too. You know, they don't respect him as a coach, but, you know, when he took over at USC, he won there in a bad spot. And then, you know, he's done nothing but win everywhere. I know he sounds like the guy from the water boy, but he does. You know, somebody posted a video of him doing a car commercial in Mississippi. It was pretty funny. Oh, my God. Like from t- like 10 years ago. Like he's a football guy. He's been around forever. Yeah. The one thing that I would say, in my opinion, the most overrated selection here is the people who think that they're getting good value of Georgia at eight to one. I don't think Georgia's beating LSU in the championship game. I think you can eliminate Georgia from this. So if that's the case, then it's one of these other four teams, Joe, that's going to be playing for the title, Alabama, Oklahoma, Utah, and Oregon. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that the winner of Utah, Oregon is getting into the final four and you can get, well, that's what I was asking. I wonder if Alabama is the outside, like, is that the way you put where you put your money? I don't know how the committee is going to see it. I mean, do you, you, Alabama has one loss and it could right. be to the number one team in the country. Right. Utah has one loss. Oregon has one loss, but they're a conference champion and Alabama is not. So are you going to put Alabama without Tua, by the way, in the playoff? Well, uh, do, or are you going to take the Pac-12 and, and all the dark things matter? I guess that's the question, too. You and I both I, I would not matters. put Alabama in this okay. year. If Tua was there, I would. I think it would create a phenomenal buzz. One versus four. Put that rematch in there. No doubt. Without him, no, I'm not doing it. And, and, and one of the reasons why I'm not doing it is I don't want to see a scenario play out again, Joe, like Clemson, Notre Dame last year when they, oh, Notre Dame, oh, oh they're, they're good. Right, they, they got embarrassed. And they got, yeah. it, oh, it was they so got embarrassing. in that game. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I don't want to, and, and that could Well, happen. I tried anyway, and then I was like, okay, and well, That could over. happen without Tua if Alabama plays LSU. It could happen. So even though Oregon and Utah could get shellacked by Clemson in the playoff, I do think that I would put the uh, Pac-12 champion in there. I would not put Oklahoma. They barely eked out that win last week against uh, Baylor. I, I I wouldn't put him in there. I, w- I wouldn't. I mean, Hurts has been. Oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts is another NFL quarterback, by the way. No one's talking about it. It'll be second round pick, third round pick. I think it'll be pretty good. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll have a preview of Thursday night's football game via uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia here with you. We're back to football on Thursday night. And dare I say, lately at least, some of the Thursday night football games have been good. They've been interesting. They've been fun to watch. We're hopeful to get another one tonight, Joe. It is the Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts. Texans are three and a half point favorites. The over under is 45 and a half. We touched on this in our is the wrong team favorite segment. Uh, I think that you're taking Indy. I'm taking Houston. We're going head to head tonight, right? Yeah. And I know it's a, it all stacks up like the Colts shouldn't be good. Like they, they're they've got injuries. They've got issues. 
they're on the road. It's a short week. I know. I just feel like that's when the Colts show up and that's when the Colts show out. And I just feel like this Texans team on the offensive line has not played well. And what I saw last week, I, I get it. You know, you don't want to overreact because, you know, sometimes that's that's not a good thing either to overreact to a situation where you see a team just get obliterated the way they did. But they really did. They got exposed and obliterated. So if you're the Colts, you're looking at that and you're saying, OK, what are the things that they did? Well, can we do some of those same things? I think some of the answers are, yeah, they can. And I don't think this is going to be a very high scoring game either. So I like the Colts in this one. So I'll take them on that mm-hmm. side of the three and a half and 45 and a half. I'll tell you what, this is what the Colts like to do. They like to drag you down to their level. I'm going to take the under in this one, too. All right, uh, let's uh, let's dive into some of the props. Fair enough for you. Um, you know, I'm just going to side with the Thursday night game. You're going uh, Texans and over, right? You're going with the. Um, you know, I'm not going to do anything with the total. I'm just going to go with Houston tonight. You know, just like last week, sometimes I'll just go with the total. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't have to make a bet, so I'll I'll, I'll go with Houston tonight. And uh, and if you're playing online with the ability to buy a point or a half, I would buy a half a point and get this to Houston minus three. Uh, and and it may be the under also with the Vinatieri factor as well, but I don't love the total, and it is a little bit scary here. Like if it was forty two, I may go under, feeling like. But the direction they're pulling you is toward the under here, so it feels like an over. Uh, okay, uh, Deshaun Watson, Joe, let's get started here. Pass yards for tonight, two seventy and a half. Ah uh, man, he's got to be upright for that, so I'm going to say under. Okay, um, two seventy. I'm going over two seventy. Okay, yeah, I'm going over. Uh, I'm also going to go over on Brissett. 229 yards. What do you got? Uh, I'll go over there, but not by much. I think who, that, who's I think catching these passes tonight? For uh, the tight ends, Pascal, some of the running backs. You're going to see everybody. I think it's all hands on deck. And I think that's what almost in a way makes them more difficult because I don't know. You don't know. And I don't think the Texans know either. So Brissett's done one thing well very all year, which is he finds the open guy. Right. And that's what he's been doing. And I think that's part of the success level is you know, sometimes you don't have that go-to guy. It makes you more difficult in some ways to guard, and I think that's where Brissett is. I'll go over the 229. <laughs> so having no one makes it tough? Okay. Well, having no one makes it harder to guard. It's like, well, here's the thing. You have to then man up and play, or you're going to play that zone, and if you play that zone, then you have to understand, okay, then you're going to leave yourself open to a lot of the tight ends to work in underneath there. You're going to leave yourself open to Naeem Hines a little bit too. So you have to make a choice of how you want to play. And they don't have, D, you know, they don't have JJ Watt to get after the quarterback anymore. They don't have JJ to get up to quarterback. You're, you're drinking too much of your own Kool-Aid here. I'm not drinking my own Kool-Aid, man. I'm on, I'm hyped up on all kinds of cough you're, medicine. You're, that's, that's the point. You know, I think that I'm telling you right now. I mean, Joe is just basically making the case for the Steelers being very confused. No, because I'm no, <laughs> because the Steelers don't have Brissett playing quarterback. Mason Rudolph stinks. On a scale of one to ten, what is Brissett? I think he's a hard seven. And what is Mason Rudolph? He's a three. And after he got his head bashed in, he's a two. He's a little higher than that. I don't think he's terrible. He's He's terrible. There are worse guys. Not a lot, but he's terrible. Is is he better than Trubisky? Who? Mason Mason Rudolph? Rudolph? No. Really? Wow. They no. got him at the bottom, bottom. Okay. Well, you're, you're telling me you would, if you had to buy a future in one of those two quarterbacks, you would buy a future of Mason Rudolph over Trubisky getting right? I, I would. I wouldn't. I think Trubisky is toast. Uh, he, Trubisky might be toast, but Rudolph is not. Even I don't think Rudolph has a future. He's not even making it into the oven. Well, <laughs> I, I said that from the first second that this happened. I saw right. him playing college and he played in a, in a, in the bet with the best offensive coach, maybe in all of college football at, at Oklahoma State in Gundy. But I didn't. I did not think that would transfer over. It has not transferred over. But Trubisky to me, man, like I don't know. Like Rudolph, at least hits I've crossing routes. Have good games. 
I haven't seen Mason Rudolph have this good year? games yet. Yeah, no, I've seen him in his career. I've seen him have good games. Last year, impossible. yeah, yeah. Last, last year he had some good games. I remember one against the Pats. It's a pretty good game. Uh, didn't Mason Rudolph play? No, you know what? Against San Francisco, he threw some picks too. He didn't play he great. Sucks. Yeah. Terrible. All right, maybe so. Uh, Duke Johnson rushing yards twenty two and a half over under. Uh, under. We don't have a lot of choices here. FanDuel's not. I know. Have a lot of choices. Well, I know. Well, there's not a lot to pick from in this game. That's there's why no Colts. There's no Colts. This is an ugly, ugly football game potentially tonight. Uh, Hyde, 62 and a half. I'll go over on that one. I will go over Hyde. I'll go over Johnson. Uh, Watson, rush yards, 28 and a half. Mm. I'm so going to go under. It's so dangerous because he could do it in one run or he doesn't run yeah. at all sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm going to go under under. OK, I'll, yep. I'll, I'll agree there. Hopkins receiving yards, 79 and a half. It's leaning toward the under in terms of the odds. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under here. It yeah, sucks. Yeah, I'm going to go been, the under. He hasn't been. Um, no. And what did I say? And, and I by the way, out still or no? What's that? Is Fuller playing in this? Um, oh, good question. I don't know if he's active. Tonight. I haven't heard his name at all. I, we were just talking about no. him. I, I would think say he no. is really? trending towards being active. Actually, in this one, I'll, I'll double check that. But okay. while I'm Before looking the end, at that, that yeah. while I'm looking at that, let me just tell you: if if there's one number that matters here, it's that one. If he goes over in this one and has a great game, that's it. They are winning this football game. If he goes under, I don't see how. I just don't. I don't see it. It's just. It's been the tale of their story all year. Uh, Will Fuller right now, according to Roto World, as I'm checking it out here, is still questionable. Um, he's been limited in every practice session so far, so it could end up being a game-time decision, it looks like, as we uh, get to closer today here. But listed as questionable, not doubtful or out. Okay, uh, we got his receptions for Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins receptions at six and a half. I'm going to go... Six and a half. Ugh. I'll go over. I think the seven for 77 or something like that sounds like the line Oof, to me. Wow, you're pressing. You're you're really. I know. Well, that's what he's that's what he's done all year. Seven for 77 is basically your Hopkins line. And sometimes he gives you a touchdown, but not often enough. It's been rough. I'm a big Hopkins owner. That's how I know. That's why I'm so down. It, it. it feels like when he catches passes, there's like five in a row. And then otherwise nothing the whole game, right? It doesn't feel like that. Like there's yeah, a, there'll be a drive where it's like Hopkins, 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 and then nothing the whole other game. And that's I know it. he got robbed last week of one. I he get did. it. That's true. Yeah, I'll go you over this. I'll go over this. I'll go over six and a half. Yeah. Wishes and dreams. They'll make it all true. You know? That's what I always say, Joe. That's the, that's, yeah, yeah. the, that's, that's the theme of the show. The Wishes the show. and dreams don't make it they'll all make true. It, they'll make it so. All right. Got to get you to the kiosk. We only have a few minutes. <laughs> Darren Fells. 24 and a half. This is a coin flip. I'm sorry. This is just, yeah, last week. Not under. week before. Great. Under. Your smart money's on the under on that one. 24 and a half? Yeah. Because he does also work in the, end, in the red zone anyway. Wait, did you go under on Hopkins or over? You went under there too. I went I, under there too. Where is what? Where is, so how many passes? I told you seven for, I went over on the receptions, under on the receiving yards. So I said seven so for how many yards for Hopkins? 77? Seven for seventy. You're not going out on a limb at all there. All right. Well, I'm not trying to go out on a limb. I'm trying to tell you what I've seen. This is 77 what I've seen. yards. How many yards for Fells? Right, 10. 20. 20. That's 97 passing yards. How does how is Watson getting to 200? He's not. He's not. I well, I mean, he's getting to 200. <laughs> well, again, he's got to be upright to throw the football, right? So was uh, that a problem? Uh, because he got sacked six times and he, he was on his back a ton in that last game and he's getting sacked more than almost any other quarterback in the league. That's the same every year. Uh, how did he do, How was he so good in the first half then? Look. I agree. Somebody's got to catch the football. 
I'm just I trying think. to tell you where the I'm telling you where the smart I'm trying to give you the prop bet of of so where someone so who is the receiver that's gonna do something tonight for Houston because Watson somehow has to come up with two hundred and you've just given ninety yards. There's hundred and ten yards. It's the questionable Will Fullers and the Kiki QTs of the world Kiki. who have to step Kiki, up. Kiki, that's who it is. There it is. So there you go. Bet the over on Kiki. I don't see Kiki anywhere. All right. Uh Johnson's uh, Duke Johnson's rush. This is I'm sorry. It's just there's not a lot of great FanDuel props tonight. I'm sorry, FanDuel. We've promoted you all season long, but you got nothing for us tonight. Duke Johnson's rushing and receiving yards at 48 and a half. Let's go over Duke Johnson. There you go. There's another name for you. Get him some balls there. Little dump offs to Duke. Have him run around a little bit. There's your there's your 200 plus for Watson. You getting a 270. You think he's getting a 270 in this game? Yeah, I went over. Ah. I got to look and see how many times they've given up. I mean, again, the total is 45 there. That's that's like six touchdowns in this game. Like there's got to be there, there's a there's an equation that we're missing somewhere. This puzzle is being put together improperly. There's there's something has to happen that we're not seeing here. Uh, usually when we do these props, I come out of it and I feel like, OK, reasonably. I feel like we're missing something big from these props, a player, yeah. a situation. Something we're missing something, or maybe these teams are just really evenly matched, and this is not going to be a game that it, it well, if it's 20, 45. if it's 24 21 with a game winning field goal at the end, with all of these numbers being almost exactly what they are, then yes, but I don't feel that way. I feel like we're missing something, we're missing a big play, we're missing some player involved somewhere, somehow. I, I don't know what it is. That's why people listen to this show because we're missing something, <laughs> we're giving people false hope and false information. Well, Colts Texans previously in in 2019, what was the score in that one? What was the, the last one? Because it's the last Colts, time they were in. Colts beat the Texans. Colts beat the Texans 21 to 7. So do you want to go a little way back machine here? And let's see, uh, let's see some of these situations here. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, the game was in India. I don't know how relevant it is. It's a little different. No, oh, no, no. It wasn't, no. The last the last one was 30 to 23. That's the game in uh, October right. 20th. T.Y. Hilton there, right? What well, he had a big game, right? Uh, let's see. Deshaun Watson, 308, one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde had 12 carries for 35. Duke Johnson had seven for 34. Okay. Uh, receptions. DeAndre Hopkins, nine for 106 and a touchdown. Kenny Stills, four for 105. Stills. So they went off. There it is. So there's the guy. See, that was you just did it. You found the missing link. I found the missing link. Kenny Stills, is gonna have, Kenny Stills is going to have uh, he has to have 50 to 75 yards for you in this game. It has to be. I mean, Kobe reset last time out. 326, four touchdowns in this I, game. It's a monster, but guess who was on the other side? Yeah. Well, and T.Y. wasn't the big guy, actually. It was Zach Pascal. Six for 106, two touchdowns. What did uh, uh, T.Y. do? Uh, six for 74 and a touchdown. Eric Ebron, four for 70 and a touchdown. Yeah, he's out of this game too, right? Yeah, but this is also a game that happened in October 20th. And, you know, I don't know if we want to go back and start to think of, you know. No, but but you have, you're you're, t- you're just eliminating 70 eliminating. yards from Ebron and 75 yards. Look, if Hilton plays, I think you may win this one. I think I think that, that that's a game changer for me. But I, what what is the updated status with this guy? Again, it's one of these game, the game times. time. Like, yeah. Whenever you have Thursday, you're ne- you're always going to have a lot of these game time decision guys. I hate it. It's just the way it's the nature of the beast on Thursday night football. And nature I don't like of the beast. <laughs> how about how about this Georgia Tech NC State game tonight? I know you know zero about it. I know zero about this. I care okay. zero about this. I know zero about this. All right. You want to take a stab at it just for the hell of it? Just throw a wild dart. What is it? What what was it again? Throw it a dart me? for me tonight on this one. Let's see. Who's playing? What? NC State is at, oh, the line is Houston minus four now. Uh, NC State at Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech minus one and a half at home. Georgia Tech at home. Go with the, go with the home team there. 
home crowd. Tough to win on the road. <laughs> Georgia How about Tech that? lost forty-five nothing last week. Okay. By the way, I, th- I was thinking of you yesterday because uh, I saw one of my favorite South Parks was on while I was flipping the channels. Which is, have you ever seen the Little League one where the kids are trying to throw the game so they don't have to play Little League anymore all no, summer? I haven't seen it. Uh, they try really hard to suck because they keep on, you know, losing, winning games and moving on, and they want to stop. They want to have fun and go hang out in the summertime and, and yeah. play. And the fathers are all like, yeah, we won again. We're awesome. And they go to the States. And Randy, of course, uh, Stan's father, keeps getting into fights with some other parent on the other side of the team. Mm-hmm. And he starts training for these fights like Rocky. And then eventually they get to the States and he's got to face the guy who's like three times his size. And he just doesn't think he can do it anymore. And it's uh, I just thought like this is this is what Craig's living right now. This is a very interesting thing to watch. So you might want to go back and check that out. All right. I will. We'll do. <laughs> South Park is on my schedule for the rest of the day. What's on yours? Well, I can tell you what's coming up next. It's the two-minute drill. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you as we wrap it up, as we always do with the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? And we end the show with a little discussion of Major League Baseball. Jacoby Ellsbury let go by the Yankees, and they will burn $26 million. Wei-Yin Chen let go by the Marlins, and they will burn $22 million. The fan bases are happy. But in Major League Baseball, this definitely sets a different precedent. And what does it show? When you see teams literally burning hundreds of millions of dollars, does this make clubs more apt to spend money? or less apt to spend money, especially on long-term deals? I think you guys know the answer to that. We're in a different day and age of baseball. There's no question about it. With this no salary cap, but yet tax league, it's going to be harder and harder for some of these players to get these long-term deals. And in fact, I will tell you that before the winter meetings and even before the end of the year, some of the best-looking deals are going to come from teams before January and February, I think it's going to be extremely hard for some of these guys to get paid. And Jacoby Ellsbury and Wei-Yin Chen are cautionary tales of that situation. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to John Lobb for coming on the program. For my co-host Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. Also, thanks to Sean Guastamacchia, our producer. We got full-time fantasy coming up next. I will be back with you tomorrow at noon. CBS Sports' Jamie Eisenberg will be with us. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Enjoy the football. Talk to you tomorrow at noon. See ya.